sharing our faith and passion for the Lord Jesus Christ with others is a desire of Zion Christian Fellowship. Our prayer is that this message will have a lasting impact on your life and draw you closer to the Lord Jesus Christ. This message is not copyrighted. You are free to make copies for friends and neighbors. We only ask that you copy it in its entirety without alterations or changes. Now unto the King Eternal, Immortal, Invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Good to be in the house of the Lord. I trust you found it that way. I have so far. Been a blessing to be here. And I was just thinking in light of what we heard already and singing and and uh, reading of the scripture and opening children's lesson. If we would go home and just ponder the things that we heard, we would have much to meditate on, much to take in. But I guess we will have a main message too yet. <laughs> but I, uh, I was blessed with uh, what was shared already. And uh, yeah, kind of goes with what's on my heart to share here this morning. <clears throat> The opening on the beauty of holiness. Um, yeah. Wow. What do the people see? What do the, what do the people see when they see us? <clears throat> Anyways, maybe before we go into the message here, let's just pause for a word of prayer. Shall we pray? <clears throat> Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning in Jesus' precious name. Lord, we worship you, we praise you, we thank you for being our Father in heaven. Thank you, Lord, for being with us here this morning, O oh God, in such a beautiful way, Lord. And just, uh, O oh God, seeing, seeing you for who you are. You are God. You are the great I Am. You are the Holy God. Oh, Lord, I pray, help us to truly see that this morning, God. May it not just be something that we've heard before and it just kind of runs over our back, but, oh, God, somehow that it would make a difference in all of our lives, Lord. That's what your desire is for all of us, God, that we would be changed. Yes, like that butterfly. Oh, God, that we would be changed from glory to glory. I just pray, Lord, as we look into your word, hear some more, God, I pray that that would happen, God, that we would, oh Lord, put off the old and put on the new this morning, God. Thank you for that children's lesson, Lord, I pray, oh God, help us. Help us, Lord, Father, we, we contend just to go through the motions. We hear things, but somehow it does not register. It just, uh, it just kind of... We hear it, but God, I pray this morning, Lord, in light of what we heard already and what we want to share here for the remainder of the service, God, that you would, that you would speak to us, Lord, that you would change us, God, that we, would, that we would have a heart that is hungering and thirsting after righteousness, God. And your word says, if we do that, that we shall be filled, Lord. And I pray, O oh God, this morning that you would fill us, O Lord, with your holy righteousness, O God, I pray this morning, Father, that, that we could be a true living testimony for you, 
while we're here on this earth. Oh, God, we pray this morning, Lord. We thank you. Thank you for everyone that is here and those that cannot be here. Bless them, God. Meet their needs. Lord, we pray. Oh, Father God, bless Elvin and Rachel this morning. Oh, God, we pray for your, for your touch and for your hand to be upon them, God. And, and also Sherry there, Lord, being down too with COVID, I understand. God, we pray. Oh, Lord, just be with our brothers and sisters, God. We thank you. We love you and we praise you. Thank you for being our God. I pray and ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's go to 1 John chapter 1 this morning. Um, I have, how should I say, I'd like to go through 1 John chapter 1 here. There's a lot in here, and different things we heard already this morning are in here. Um, But I'd like to kind of wrap it up then with, we'll see how much time we have. I'd kind of like to wrap it up then with... uh, well, let me first tell you the title is Fellowship. We have here in 1 John, he talks about fellowship. And uh, so we want to, we want to uh, how should I say, zero in on that or uh, expound on that as we go through 1 John here. So the title is Fellowship, but maybe a subtitle would be Our Attitude Affects Our Fellowship. So if you will, the first part will be 1 John here. Then I'd like to, if we have time, Go into the Sermon on the Mount a little bit, and thank you, Brendan, for uh, again that th- those verses that we quoted uh, are just right, right where I want to go. <laughs> so we'll see how all that plays out. <clears throat> but let's uh, just for a reading here. Let's just read it. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life. For that life was manifested, and we have seen it, and bear witness and show unto you that eternal life, which was with the Father and was manifested unto us. That which we have seen and heard, declare we unto you, that ye also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. And these things write we unto you. Why? that your joy may be full. This then is the message which we have heard of Him and declare unto you that God is light. This holy God that we heard about this morning, this God, God is light and in Him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if... We walk in the light. As He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, We make him a liar, and his word is not in us. I might just point out here, I don't know if you notice this. Verse 6, verse 8, and verse 9, it says, If we say, if we say, if we say. That's just a a little side note there in 1 John. Fellowship. 
John's desire was that we would have fellowship. Fellows in the same ship. Fellowship. Are you, brother, sister, are you having fellowship? Well, that word fellowship, I looked up. Partnership, participation, communion, distribution, fellowship. Partners in the same ship. So some of us, maybe businessmen, are partners with business partners, or however that works. Well, maybe uh, Proverbs says that's not a good thing. I don't know, but anyways, <clears throat> partnership, partnership, <clears throat> fellowship, fellows in the same ship. <clears throat> so here, yeah, let's just look at verse one now. He says here that which was from the beginning, and I. Uh, <clears throat> I guess that's the first word I want to look at out of what, well, yeah, the title is fellowship. But the first word here in uh, 1 John is, is, is that which was from the beginning. What was from the beginning? <clears throat> Avern, what was from the beginning? The word, God. God was from the beginning, yes. And we also have, and the reason I said Laverne, I texted him yesterday morning about... Uh, the beginning. Go back to the beginning. What was in the beginning? God. In the beginning, God, what? Created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning, God. In the beginning, God. We need to get that into our system. In the beginning, God. Sometimes we get in the middle of things and we get all mixed up and we get all confused. Maybe what we need to do is go back to the beginning. God. <clears throat> do we get that? Let's go back to the beginning. John takes us back to the beginning. It's good to go back to the beginning. We get, we get confused. I said that already. <clears throat> In the middle of our situations, it's good to go back to the beginning and remember God. Our God. God. <clears throat> Let's go back to the beginning. And I find it interesting that John does that. You know, even I've, I probably would have mentioned this before. Really. I'm not sure if it was mentioned last Sunday or not. But we had two brothers read out of Matthew and out of Luke the, uh, the Christmas account there, or the, uh, the birth of Christ. But John doesn't have that. <clears throat> Did you ever think about that? John doesn't talk about, or you don't read about the birth of Christ in, in like it's laid out there in Matthew and Luke. <clears throat> But John, uh, in the be- uh, let's see here. In the beginning, God. I thought I could quote it, but I need to turn to it. First John, or John here. Uh, he says, in the beginning was the Word. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. That's where John, where John started. <clears throat> he goes back to the beginning. <clears throat> Well, we heard about something new. What was uh, yesterday was the beginning of a new year. Yesterday was the beginning of a new year. So what you didn't didn't do last year that you really would have wanted to do, that year is gone and passed and we can't 
We can't go back there and change it. We can't go back there and and do it last year. But God has given us a new year. God has given us a new year to do, if if you will, His will. What He calls us to do. Verse 2, it says, For the life was manifested. The life was manifested. That life was manifested. I don't know, but I just, I just like how John brings it out here. The word of life, that life was manifested. And we have seen it. And bear witness and show unto you that eternal life. There it is again, that eternal life, which was with the Father and was manifested unto us, was made known unto us. <clears throat> Who is it? Uh, Paul writing to... Uh, Timothy, did he say, uh, fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life? Are we, are we jealous for this life, uh, eternal life, for the life was manifested, and we have seen it and bear witness and shown to you that eternal life? <clears throat> well, maybe we could say it, ask it this way. What did John see when he saw Jesus? What did he see when he saw life? The life that was in the Son of God. What did he see? That life was manifested. And we heard this morning already that it was a holy life. It was a righteous life. It was a pure life. What did John see? When he saw the word of life, that life was manifested. What did he see when he saw that eternal life? What did John see? There was some soldiers, I think, that were sent out. John 7.46. I think they were supposed to go and capture Jesus. And they came back without Jesus. and, And whoever was asking to go said, where is he? And this was their response, and they said, never, never man spake like this man. Never man spake like this man. What did they see in this man, Jesus? What did they see in this, John says, the word of life, eternal life. <clears throat> what did they see to where they were going to go and capture him? But as they saw him there, and as he was apparently he was, he was speaking, they said, Never man spake like this man. That's what they saw. That's what they heard. <clears throat> John 1.14. John. I think, let's see here. Was this John or was it John the Baptist? I think it was John. It says, first, uh, John 1.14, it says, We beheld His glory. What did John see? In that glory, what did he see? It says, as you read that verse, he says, we behold his glory, and that glory was full of what? Who can tell me? Can you tell me what that glory full was? Grace and truth. That glory was full of grace and truth. I was talking to somebody yesterday, and and we were talking about uh, faith and works, and how... Uh, the whole aspect of divorcing those where 
You have some maybe go off on one side and some on the other side. But we can't divorce faith and works. Neither can we divorce uh, grace and truth. They're one. God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, they are one. Let us not divorce these things. Jesus was full of grace and truth. John 1.29, it says, Behold, the Lamb of God. When John, John saw Him, I think this was John the Baptist, when he saw Jesus, he said, Behold, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. What do we see? What do you see when you read the Word? What do you see? Are you reading history? Are you reading about things that happened years ago? Or are you seeing what John saw? What did he see? He saw eternal life. I don't know, I think this was quoted already. 1 Corinthians 3.18. 2 Corinthians 3.18. When we behold His glory, what happens? We are changed into His same image. It does say there about that we're there with an open face and then we're changed. And I was thinking like, Dylan, in light of what you were sharing, why is it that we hear these things over and over and again? It seems like it has so little effect on our lives. Why is that? You know, we want a beautiful garden. You gardeners in here. It takes, like Delvin said, it takes work, it takes sweat, it takes toil, it takes all those things. Oh, but we want God to do it all. I thought it's, it's grace. Oh, it is. But we need to apply our hearts. <clears throat> we need to desire it. And I, my mind went to, as Delvin was sharing there, and I even jotted it down. My mind went to where we want to go in, in the Sermon on the Mount where it says, blessed, the first blessed or the first beatitude is blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And then there's a couple more and then, then it says, they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, they shall be filled. Are we, are we desiring are we desiring the beauty of holiness? Are we desiring, are we desiring to be like Jesus? Am I desiring to be like Jesus? And you know, one of the things was, as I, as I was sitting there and as I was listening to Del, it's like, you know, I don't want to just come up here and say, and say uh, in light of what we heard, it's kind of like, you know, maybe we should just sit down and, and ponder and think and meditate on what we heard and say, how can these things that we heard, how can we take these things and, and allow them to, to become part of our life to where it were a true expression of our Lord Jesus? Verse 3, that which we have seen and heard, declare we unto you. That word declare, made known, declare. What is he declaring? What, what is he declaring? What he saw and what he heard. John saw and he heard. He saw with his, he saw, I'm saying that right? He saw with his eyes and he heard with his ears. Are we, are we hearing this morning? Are we hearing this morning? Amen. Are we hearing this morning? He saw and he heard. 
that which we have seen and heard, declare we unto you. Oh, if we could hear John, what is he saying? That which we have seen and heard, declare we unto you that ye also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. He was making this, he was making this announcement so that we, that we also could have fellowship with them, us, we, our company. He was making this announcement so that we also could have fellowship with them, with us, with we, our company, is how I wrote it down here this morning. <clears throat> he was making it known so that others also could enter into this beautiful, beautiful, holy relationship, fellowship with God and with each other. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. <clears throat> now the question is, who is this fellowship with? Question mark. Who is this fellowship with? I said this back at, uh, I, I, I kind of shared some of this at back, back, in, back east, this, uh, what was it, two Sundays ago. And, and I, was, I was thinking about the Harley-Davidson, I, well, yeah, is it the Harley, what is it? The, uh, they have a brotherhood, this motorcycle gang has a, I think they call themselves a brotherhood. They have something in common, they have some, they have, if you will, in a sense, fellowship, they have relationship, they have, you know, they have something in common. But what's the difference between them and us? What's the difference? Well, they don't have fellowship with the Father and the Son. They only have an earthly whatever. Friendship. If we can use the word fellowship there. <clears throat> Who is this fellowship with? It's with the Father and the Son. So, my question now is also... Just a little something for us to, to take home. What do we fellowship around? Do we fellowship around the Father and the Son? What is our fellowship about? That's a good... <clears throat> oh, so are you saying we can never talk about the weather? We can never talk about our uh, this or that? I'm not saying that. But brothers and sisters, what is our fellowship around? Is it around the Harley-Davidson? That's what they fellowship about. They fellowship about uh, how fast they can go down the highway and maybe how, how they got away from a policeman and all this type of stuff. What do we fellowship about? Maybe we do too much of that too. You know? Huh? Huh? Yeah, I was speeding a little bit, but somehow the policeman was sleeping and he didn't see me. Huh? Is that what our fellowship is about? <clears throat> or is our fellowship... Around the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost? Is it around the Word of God? What did John see? What did he hear? What is our fellowship around? Well, we need to move on. Verse 4. What does he say? These things write we unto you that your joy may be full. Oh, John, he just keeps hammering again and again. Why did he want, why, did, why is he writing these things for us? Why is he saying these things for? That your joy, that your joy may be full. Is your joy full this morning, Brother Randall? Is your joy full this morning, brothers and sisters? Mm. 
Well, John wrote these things so that our joy, if our joy is not full, so that our joy could be full. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. These things write we unto you that your joy may be full. The result of fellowship is joy. How is your joy? Joy comes from fellowship with question mark. Again, another question mark. <clears throat> joy comes. Joy comes from fellowship with what? What are you fellowshipping with this morning? Maybe you're sitting here this morning and you're fellowshipping with someone or something or something. Is that possible? I think it is. Our mind can be who knows where. The preacher's talking, but somehow, yeah, yeah, yeah. But somehow we're over there somewhere, over there somewhere. Joy comes from fellowship. Then the question is, what, who are we fellowshipping with? If we're not fellowshipping with with the right, uh, how should I say that? The Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost. If we're not fellowshipping with, with uh, the ones that bring joy, you know, the world does have a, a certain amount of joy for, a, certain, or for a, a little time, but then it's all gone. It, the end result is death. What are we? Uh, <clears throat> joy comes from fellowship with what? With who? Father and the Son. <clears throat> I have another question, or as far as uh, joy comes from fellowship with, question mark. Maybe we are in the wrong company. If our joy is lacking, if our joy is lacking, could it be that we're fellowshipping in the wrong company? Now, somebody was talking about joy yesterday, I think. Was it you, Kendrick? Or Brendan, I forget. We were together yesterday about joy. You know, we can go through things and we can actually be sad, but yet have the joy of the Lord. Jesus, when he went to the cross, when he was there in the garden, all those things that he went through. Do you think there was, there was no joy there? Do you think he was that heavy that there was no joy there? Didn't he tell the disciples somewhere in there, he said, uh, uh, <clears throat> how did he say that? <clears throat> Skips my mind now. <clears throat> the... <clears throat> Is it John... 17, 16. <clears throat> Let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me and my Father's house or in me and mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Let not your heart be troubled. There was joy. Jesus was, still had joy. So we can have joy. Even if we're going through things that are hard. We can still have the joy of the Lord. And if that joy is missing. It's because. I think the bottom line is. Because we're in the wrong company. I don't know how else to slice it. I don't know how else to slice it. Is your joy lacking this morning? I'm not talking about. uh, I'm not talking about. uh, Charismatic charisma. Where people are jumping up and down. And they have the so-called the joy of the Lord. I mean, I like 
to see people enthusiastic. But you know what? You can do that without the joy of the Lord. The true joy of the Lord. That comes from having a right relationship with God, a, 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 a right relationship with a holy God. And there is joy. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. <clears throat> Praise God. Well, we need to go on. Verse 5, it says, what does it say? Verse 5, it says, this then is the message, the message. What is the message in verse 5? God is light in Him is no darkness at all. There is no darkness in God. God is light. And thank you, Delvin, for expounding on that point this morning because I, I, I didn't feel like I had enough to expound on it and you did it very well. God is light in Him is no darkness at all. God is holy. He is pure. He is holy. He is clean. No imperfection. No sin. Uh, may as well forget it there. But anyways, God is holy. There is no sin. Complete perfection. Be therefore perfect, even as my Father in heaven is perfect. We quoted that verse this morning. And the one I thought of was in James 3.17, where it says, The wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable. It's first pure, then peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated, full of mercy, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Does that remind us or tell us of God who is light and in Him is no darkness at all? He's from above. God is holy. He is pure, peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated, full of mercy, good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. There is no hypocrisy. It is God is light in Him is no darkness at all. <clears throat> okay, let's keep going here. Verse 6. It says, If we say that we have no fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. If we say that we have Fellowship with Him, but we walk in darkness. We are what? We are a liar. We lie. We do not the truth. We do not the truth. We say, but we don't do. I wrote down here Matthew 5.19. Those that are great are going to say and do. Right? Right? In the kingdom of heaven, am I thinking right? Matthew uh, 5.19. <clears throat> I think I told somebody this morning, it was to be a little bit funny. I, I said, uh, say, say, say what I do, but don't do what I do. <clears throat> I was sitting a little bit in the back and I was encouraging somebody else to sit front. <clears throat> well, we can't do that in the Christian life. <clears throat> Maybe we can do that sometimes. <laughs> Well, we can't do that in the Christian life. <clears throat> if we say that we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we lie and we, are, uh, uh, we do not the truth. <clears throat> we do not the truth. And I, maybe we'll come back to that a little later here. <clears throat> Verse 7, it says, If we walk in the light as He is in light, we have what? We have fellowship. Remember the title is fellowship. Walking in the light as He is in the light. How do we... Stay in the light. Or how do we walk in the light? Question. How do we stay in the light? Or how do we walk in the light? 
It says here, if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we shall have what? We have fellowship. We want fellowship. You want fellowship? True, godly, holy fellowship. How do we, how do we, how do we walk or stay in the light so that we can have holy, if you will, holy fellowship? Well, here's a couple points I have. Staying God's word. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Staying in God's word. Remember, John is so jealous. He, he, just, he just talks here about the word of life. Well, here's, our, here's the word for us. Let's stay in the word. Stay in the word. Staying in God's word. Staying in the light. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Romans 12 says, being transformed by the renewing of our mind. We need again and again to have our minds renewed. So we, that happens every Sunday. That happens hopefully every day in our lives as we read the Word. As we, as we read the Word of God. <clears throat> 1 John 2.10. If you're in 1 John chapter 1, 1 John 2.10, it says, He that loveth his brother abideth in the light, and there is none occasion of stumbling in him. I like that verse. Are you stumbling this morning? Do you find yourself stumbling? It says here, He that loveth his brother abideth in the light, and there is none occasion of stumbling in him. So if we stumble, is it because we're not loving our brother? I think that's a good question to ask. If I love my brother, I won't stumble, according to this verse. He that loveth his brother, he also stays in the light, and he does not stumble. Because when you're in the light, what happens? You can see. You can see what's going on. Those that in the dark, is, as Jesus said somewhere, about those that walk in the night, they, 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 they stumble or they fall because they don't see when there's obstacles in front of us, in front of you. <clears throat> he that loveth his brother abideth in the light. <clears throat> and there's not occasion of stumbling in him. <clears throat> so, does my, other, my brother, do I love my brother? Or does my brother rub me the wrong way? And I, I hadn't this in my notes, but I had something about back in Pennsylvania. I was thinking about this thing of uh, grading. You know, does somebody, sometimes things grate on you. Do things grate on you? You know, like, <clears throat> is that, <clears throat> well, I was, think, I was talking about, you know, there's a, there's a cheese grater. You have a cheese grater at home where you take, where you take cheese and you go, okay. Does, 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 do people grate on you or do you, so they grate on you. So you see their flaws. So you take them on the cheese grater and you go. Does that bring fellowship? No, that doesn't bring fellowship. He that loveth his brother abideth in the light, and there is not occasion of stumbling in him. <clears throat> Let's see what else we have here. <clears throat> walking in the light. Walking in the set steps of the Savior. Walking in the light. There's a song like that. Walking in the steps of the Savior. Walking in the light. As we walk in the light, we have what? Fellowship. Fellowship. We have fellowship. The blood cleanses us from all sin. The blood, it says there. I like it. I mean, <clears throat> we should just 
camp out on this verse all morning. But anyways, but if we walk in the light as he in the light, we have what? Fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So as we stay in the light, we bring our, if we do fail, we bring our uh, uh, sins or our, 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 our failures into the light and the blood cleanses us. Beautiful picture. And I, and, I, and I think I shared this last Sunday, as it wasn't last Sunday evening, and our, some of you were there, so I wasn't sure I wanted to say it again. But when I was a little boy, we had a stone quarry, and I used, we used to love to go down to the stone quarry to play, and you know, it was fun down there. <clears throat> but anyways, this big stone quarry, there's rocks, you know, this big quarry where they, mine, or they blast, and the, and the rocks fall out, and they crush them, and, they, and it's very dusty, and the trucks are driving back and forth, and it, this, this, this stone quarry is very dusty. Because of all that's going on. <clears throat> but there was one place in that quarry that, that was, a, uh, was, was a beautiful place to go. And it was down, way down yonder, way down in. And, and they had a little, there was a little uh, a pond there, if you will. And then there was a waterfall coming down through. <clears throat> and I don't know, I, I, I still have a picture of that in my, in my memory after 40 years probably. <clears throat> but there was a waterfall. And like I said, everything else, everything was dusty around there, but there was one place that there was no dust. Where was that, where was that at? Well, here there was water, there was a waterfall. And whatever that, whatever was behind that or underneath it or right beside it, the, the water came down and it, and it, and it, and it, and it, and it kept it nice and clean. If we stay under the waterfall, if you will, of the blood of Christ, we, what? He cleanses us. So we need to, in a sense, we need to stay under the waterfall. We need to stay in the light so that the blood can cleanse us and keep cleansing us. Yes, there is initial cleansing when we become born again, but then we need to continue to walk in the light. And if we do fail, whatever, uh, why, why the, the blood cleanses us. The blood cleanses us. <clears throat> Verse 8, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Deception, self-righteousness. I am fine, others are bad. When fellowship is lacking, we say it's their problem. Maybe it would be good to look at ourselves and see we are the problem. Oh, I am, I am walking in the light. I am under the waterfall. I am, I am, I am, I am, okay, I am good. <clears throat> I have here Matthew 5, 3. I think that is... Um, Matthew 5, 3 is, uh, <clears throat> blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is what? The kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. I have something here that I wanted to read from Gary Miller. If a man is going to flourish, his relationship with both God and others must be correct. Jesus even said that all the law and the prophets depend on this. Think back over the Old Testament. Consider God's efforts in working with mankind through the centuries. Think of the animal sacrifices, the building of altars, the construction of the temple, and all the religious activities of man. A tremendous exuditure of energy and resources. Yet none of that is as important as how a man relates to God and his fellow man. Remember, we have fellowship with God and with each other. And uh, we don't stumble if we love our brother. At times I become weary of this word, relationship. Our culture is very feeling, feelings-oriented, and a great amount of time is spent making sure everyone feels good and has healthy interaction. 
if we think we have been treated improperly, we rush off to our counselors and tell him how our feelings have been hurt and discuss our relationships. The primary focus seems to be how I am feeling and how people are relating to me. But Jesus' focus is on how I relate to God and my fellow man rather than on how to relate to me. Oh, but, you know, it's their problem. It's not me. The important issue is the important issue, the important issue isn't how much I am valued, but rather what my values are. Do I actually see God as preeminent? Is fulfilling His will my highest desire? Do I hunger and thirst after His will, after His righteousness? Do I actually see God as preeminent? Is fulfilling His will my highest desire? Do I truly love my fellow man? If a man can get these two relationships right, Jesus says everything else will fall into place. Controversially, when these are out of sync, everything else in our lives spins out of control. And I think, I think he has this very well said. And I, you know, that's probably could be a message alone on the whole aspect of, uh, you know, this thing of relationships. I am very much for good, healthy relationships. Don't get me wrong. But I thought maybe it would be better to use what John says. He says here, fellowship. Maybe it would be better to use that term because people of the world have relationships and they are, the Harley-Davidson guys, you know, they, they don't have a relationship with God, but they might have a good so-called good relationship with each other. And, and, and so therefore that, whole, that word or that, that whatever image or that whatever, you know, can, can lead us off course. But when we're talking about fellowship, we're talking about having fellowship with a holy God that is, there is no darkness in Him. He is light. He is holy. He is righteous. And we have fellowship with Him and we have fellowship one with another. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Verse 9, it says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Confession. When we sin, we confess, acknowledge our wrong. See it for what it is before God. David, Psalms 51, he repented. Repent. And he cleanses us from all unrighteousness. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from some unrighteousness. It says here, from all, from all unrighteousness. The blood cleanses. When we allow the blood to cleanse us, it truly cleanses us. Praise the Lord. Verse 10, it says, If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. Hypocrisy is a terrible thing. How, where does it happen? We are no more walking in the light. We have deceived ourselves, and his word is now, is no, is not in us. His word is not in us. If we come to that place, God forbid that we come to that place. But it kind of connects with verse 8, the whole aspect of deception. When we start thinking it's everyone else's problem, you know, the reason I don't have what I think I should have, you know, we, we can, the blaming game like Adam and Eve there in the garden, she blamed Adam and Adam blamed God, didn't he? Adam didn't blame God? Okay. <clears throat> well, he blamed, didn't he blame, didn't he blame uh, Adam? <clears throat> Yes, okay, so are we, are we good? 
<clears throat> so what happens is we blame others instead of taking responsibility. And that ends up where we start deceiving ourselves and we end up in a place that's not, that's not good. <clears throat> okay, let me just wrap this John thing up, First John up here on fellowship. We say... Uh, we, we stay connected to the word of life. We walk in the light as he is in the light. We confess our sins. The blood cleanses us and the result is fellowship. Fellowship. And John says these things right unto you that your joy may be full. May we take these steps walking in the light as we, like John, would not want it. And we, like John, if, we're, if this is their experience, this is, this is what will happen. May we take these steps walking in the light, and we, like John, will want to tell others about this life so that their joy can be full too. Brothers and sisters, that's what we're here for. We're here to, 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 to proclaim. How, did, how, did, how was that say? Uh, uh, declare. <clears throat> well, may we be encouraged to have fellowship with God and with each other and allow to walk in the light as he is in the light and allow the blood to cleanse us from all sin. Now, I like to look at the other aspect here. Our attitude affects our fellowship. So John here is again talking much about fellowship. What hinders fellowship? Sin hinders fellowship. Well, there's also some other things. Maybe, maybe these are this, this thing of uh, our attitude affects our fellowship. We might think, well, uh, you know, I don't have sin but have we ever stopped and considered that maybe our attitude can also affect our fellowship? And somehow we have a way of kind of putting it under the rug, if you will. <clears throat> our attitude affects our fellowship. Our attitude affects our response. Wrong responses affect our fellowship. <clears throat> now let me uh, uh, see, Donnie, you were there Sunday evening. I think you heard Aaron's, uh, I'm not sure, Daryl, if you heard it or not. You were there, but... Aaron Seavers was down last weekend, and so he asked, he asked some, some deep questions, and one of the questions was about attitude, and that's kind of what got me on this journey somewhat. <clears throat> he said, what is an attitude? <clears throat> so he said this, this story about the hunter. Is there any hunters in the room here? <clears throat> You're a hunter? Okay. <clears throat> so when you go hunting... You need to have a right attitude. So let, let me say this story. So here this, this hunter, he was hunting, I guess, and, and he was out in the, where did they go to hunt geese or ducks? Out uh, probably in the pond, uh, close to the pond. So he was on the shoulder of the pond and, and, he, and he wasn't quite ready or whatever. He got there, maybe he didn't get his chores all done. He quickly had to do his chores and he quickly ran to go, to go hunting at the pond. And, and here all of a sudden he got there and all of a sudden he saw the ducks or the geese coming. He went up, boom! And because he was in the wrong position, he ended up in the pond. Okay? He was in the wrong position. So can you connect with me? Our attitude affects where we end up. If he would have been in the right position, he would not have ended up in the pond, if you will. I guess he literally, I, I should have asked him maybe to make sure I heard him right, but that's what he said. I guess that could happen. The gun kicked, and because the gun kicked, because he was not in the right position, he must have had a powerful gun, and it, he ended up in the pond, in the water. <clears throat> okay? So, our position, our attitude affects our fellowship. So, what's the point here? 
Well, let's go to Matthew. We were going to look at that a little bit. I hope I'm not losing you. So we're going from John now to Matthew chapter 5. But I saw a connection here, and hopefully uh, you'll be able to follow with me. So we want good fellowship, brothers and sisters, do we not? We want good relationships, right? We do, we do. So what affects good relationships or bad relationships? What makes the difference? Well, our attitudes affect our relationship. Our position, a position like the hunter, going back to the hunter, he was in the wrong position and he ended up in the, in the pond. Okay? He ended up in the pond because he was in the wrong position, wrong attitude. So we, when Aaron was saying about attitude and position, my mind went to the Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes. So we have attitudes in here. And brothers and sisters, as I was meditating on this, all of a sudden the Sermon on the Mount started making a lot more sense. I always enjoy the Sermon on the Mount, but all of a sudden, maybe I should say it this way, all of a sudden it, it seemed like things were connecting more than they did before. Are you with me? You, I would have heard already, Keith Daniels would have said, he preached a message years ago on, out of the Sermon on the Mount, and he said that Beatitudes are the stepping stones to revival. Well, let me say it in my words, let me say it in light of what we're looking at here this morning, that Beatitudes are stepping stones to have good fellowship, good relationships. <clears throat> if our position, if our attitudes are wrong, we'll end up in the pond. Something kicks us, and our position is wrong, our attitude is wrong, we end up in the pond. We, instead of something hits us, and our attitude and our position is not right, and what happens? We end up responding like the Gentiles. We end up responding like the, uh, how does it say, the Sermon on the Mount? There's different ones in there, the Gentiles, the heathen, the, the uh, <clears throat> yeah, Gentile response. <clears throat> So if our attitude, our position is right where it needs to be, we will get kicked, but we will stay on the shore. And we will have fellowship with God, and we will have fellowship with each other on the shore, and the ones that uh, end up in the pond, maybe, maybe, maybe they, they, their position, their attitude wasn't right, and they ended up in the pond, and we somehow... Uh, they might have smote us like it says there and the, they struck us on the right cheek and because of that they ended up in the pond and we, because our position, our attitude was right, we did not end up there in the pond with them. And we reach out our hand to them and we say, brother, sister, whatever, enemy, can I help you out and bring him up onto the shore? Are you with me? Are you with me? You see, when we, when our attitude, our position is not right, something kicks us, what happens? We respond one way or the other. We do. Let's not fool ourselves. Let's not deceive ourselves. Watchman Nee says that the half of the Christian life is reaction. We can either react right or we can, we can either, either we can react like the Gentiles or we can react like Jesus. And so now you think about the Sermon on the Mount. So I called John D. Martin yesterday morning because he's coming to Bible school and I just wanted to make sure that, you know, that he's, he's, he's good and that he's coming. 
Anyways, I, I asked him because he had, he had, I know he has taught on the Sermon on the Mount here. So I said, in the Sermon on the Mount, in verse, chapter 5, verse 20, it says, For I say unto you that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, ye shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. I asked him this question. If I would put in attitude instead of righteousness, would I be destroying that verse? And I hadn't told him all that I have told you already about the Beatitudes. And he said, yeah, I think that's fine. And then I told him, and he said, yeah, yeah. I'm with you, or however he said it. So now let me read it. For I say unto you that except your attitudes shall exceed the attitudes of the scribes and Pharisees, ye shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. Now let me say it again in a different way. Paraphrase it. For I say unto you that except your attitudes shall exceed the attitudes of the scribes and Pharisees, ye shall in no case enter into the kingdom living. I should have wrote that down. Uh, there, might, uh, there might have been a better word to use there in the end. But do you understand what I mean by that? It says here in verse 3, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now I know sometimes we can take that into the future, but I believe the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus preached it, that this is for us to live here. This is to be, it's not in the, what do they say, the uh, thousand year reign thing or... Yeah, when peace is going to be on earth or where all that is. I, I guess I'm not a very, I have that all down. But anyways, <clears throat> but I believe this is for us. We are to live out what Jesus taught here in the scriptures, in the Sermon on the Mount. It's supposed to be a reality, not just a, if you will, a doctrine like we heard this morning, I think, too. We say, but we don't do. We can, we can lift, we can hear these good things. But are they really living out? And if they're not really being lived out, is it not because of our attitude, our position? Something kicks us and we end up in the pond. Are you with me? And therefore, we react like the Gentiles. But if our position or attitude is right before God, something kicks us. I'm just using that word kick for I think we all know what it means. Something kicks us. Maybe somebody says something to us and we take it as a kick. And if our attitude and our position is not right, we end up in the pond. Well, Jesus calls us to a heavenly response and not a Gentile response. Jesus calls us to a a, uh, kingdom response and not an earthly response. So, the question that comes to you and me is this, of course. What is my position? What is my attitude this morning? I like, let's, let's just look at this a little bit here. Yeah, in, uh, in closing. In uh, chapter 5 here, the Beatitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. It's not going to be, it says, is the kingdom of heaven. I take that as now. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So, it, the, one of the requirements is, if we don't want to end up in the pond, is, is that we're going to have this attitude. Be poor in spirit. Poor in spirit. To this man will I look to him that is poor in a contrite spirit and trembleth at my word. Verse 4, it says, Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. 
Do we mourn? So here we hear a beautiful message on the holiness of God. Do we allow that holiness to affect us? And we realize this past week where maybe we responded wrong to a customer or we, we responded wrong to our children. And does that, do we allow that to affect us? To, or do we mourn over that? Or do we just kind of like, yeah, that's, you know, yeah, my children were just kind of rowdy this past week. And I just, yeah, <clears throat> I guess I, I, I can excuse myself. That will never bring us where God wants to take us. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall what? Inherit the earth. What does that all mean? The meek, the humble. They don't, they don't react. And I was going to, uh, I have a book here by Watchman Nee on reactions, and it's a very good, I would encourage anyone to read it. But he says here, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. The meek, when they get kicked, they don't end up in the pond. I'll say it that way. I'm sorry. I'm going to have to read. Uh, If I can find it here. I had a couple of them here. I'm not sure which one I want to read here now. I have had a very heavy feeling within me. Many who have been Christians for years still do not know what the Lord demands of them in their reactions. They may have read the teachings of the Lord on the mount dozens of times and been Christians for many, many years yet fail to see what the Lord requires of their reactions. As a result, after so many years of being Christians, their reactions still are basically wrong. When things happen to them, they argue, they reason, they talk about the law, they demand righteousness. They have not seen what the Christian reaction is. Instead, they react according to the righteousness of the law of the Gentiles and of the publicans. They are just like Gentiles and publicans. They keep saying, I am not, I, I, am I not right They feel they are quite reasonable. They forget that Christians should not reason in such things. They do not know what the Christian reaction is. This indeed is a big problem. So this thing of meekness does not argue, does not try to defend itself. It doesn't. And as soon as we do, as soon as we defend ourselves, we're in the pond. As soon as we defend ourselves, we're in the pond. Now, there's a difference between standing up for, for God and His Word. Well, I'm talking, we're talking about myself. You know what Gary Miller was saying there about this thing of relationships? It's all about me, I, myself, and I. This relationship thing that you hear, the term that you hear these days, it's too much. That's what, that's what they are talking about. When I talk about relationships, I'm not talking about that. If we want relationships that are healthy and good and right in the sight of God, if we want uh, a fellowship, it needs to be in light of seeing a holy God and what He demands. (sighs) 
Well, how, much, how many more of these attitudes should we look at? Blessed, in closing here, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. You know, it's kind of like they, they're poor in spirit. They're, they mourn over their condition and, they, and they're meek. And yet, and they keep on hungering and thirsting after righteousness. And then I see verse 7, 8, and 9. It's a little bit more of a, a result of, of living in this state. They are merciful. They are pure in heart. They are peacemakers. They're persecuted for righteousness sake. It's simply their life. Because they're on the shore. Their attitude and their position, if you will, is Right? So when things happen, they don't end up in the pond. So may God help us. May God help me to uh, walk in his ways. To have truly have fellowship with God, the father and God, God, the son. And that we how does how did he say there that we, uh, we have fellowship with God and that we have fellowship one with another. And then also that our that our. Uh, Attitude that our position is right. That we don't end up in the position that the Gentiles do. They have a wrong attitude. They have a wrong position. So may God help us. Maybe we can just close in prayer. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning in the Jesus' precious name. Thank you for your word. Oh God, I pray. Help us to understand your ways, Lord. Help us to understand your ways. And God, we read in your word, the children of Israel did not understand your ways. You were grieved with them. Are you grieved with us this morning because we don't understand your ways? God, I pray, help each, every one of us, Lord. Help me, O God, to understand your ways. To have this attitude, this position right. So that the sermon out can actually be lived out. We don't just we don't just have a position of non-resistance, but we have a living out of non-resistance. And Lord, I feel we have we we have the if you will we have the 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 doctrine down maybe, but even as was it Larry that quoted this verse this morning that we would beautify uh, uh, the the doctrine of Christ, and that is my understanding is there is that it's lived, being lived out. I pray, God, Lord, help each and every one of us here today and those that are listening in. God, that we would, that we would do and say. God, that the world would look in and see, if you will. The world will see us as a church, as a community. Oh, how they love each other. A new commandment I give unto you that you love one another as I have loved you. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples by the love that you have one for another. God, help us to stay on the shore. Help us, O oh God, to walk in the light as you are in the light. O oh Lord, I pray, we need you, God. We, we, we defend ourselves. I pray, forgive us, Lord. Forgive me, O oh God, the times I have defended myself. When really I needed to hear. O oh God, I pray. We seek you. We call upon you this morning. We ask, Lord, for your blessing. We ask, God, that you would take us further and deeper and higher. Oh, God, there's a world outside of us here this morning. It's a broken, it's a broken world. And, Lord, you're wanting us. Your eyes looking to and fro throughout the whole earth to show yourself strong in the behalf of those whose hearts are perfect towards you. 
You want to use each and every one of us, God, to help these broken homes, these broken lives, these broken marriages, these broken... Oh God, I pray, give us a burden. Help us to see what John was seeing. Help us, oh God, I pray. Bind us together. Drive back the enemy of our soul, Lord, that wants to even use us, oh God, to bring confusion. I pray, Father, that we would deny him, that we would resist him, we would draw an eye to God, and that he will, the scripture says, draw an eye to us. Lord, we thank you, we worship, and we praise you. Thank you for your holy word. God, I pray, help us, Lord, to not only hear it this morning, but God, allow it to change us this week and the weeks to come. Oh, God, I pray. I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. I'll turn it over to Larry.